Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode in a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. I would like to introduce my co-host sitting across the table from me is a party clown who has never touched a child <laughs> and thus has received a five-star review. <laughs> Mike Stout. And across the table from me, I would like to introduce my co-host, a man who finally knows my plight as having character named after him in a cartoon episode, Mr. Jordan Hugh. I'll tell you, I have never forgotten this episode because the boy's name is Jordan. And Jordan, at least when we were growing up, wasn't an extremely common name. No, and Mike Mike has always been an extremely common name. Sure. But do you know how many Mikeys I had to deal with in my life? Oh my God, but no one calls you Mikey. My family calls me Mikey. Do they? My family does. My extended family all call me Your mother me calls you Michael. My mother calls me Mike or Michael. My dad calls me Mike or Michael. My brother calls me Mike exclusively. And my extended family... Mikey, really? All of them. Wow. All of them. Cousins, too. He likes it. Hey, yeah, Mikey. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you see what I mean? I see. You know I my see. plight. But so, Jordan, there's not a lot of Jordans. Not a lot in, of Jordans. In media, at least from this time. The only Mikey I get down with is the best Mikey on cartoons of all Michelangelo. time. Michelangelo. Correct. I mean, if someone if someone referred to me as Michelangelo, no problem. That's pretty good. No but we problem. never went that way. We always went Miguel for yeah, you. Yeah, it's always Miguel. Never always the Miguel. Italian way. Today we're covering uh, season one, episode nine. Be a Clown. Great episode. episode. Uh, great episode. Uh, episode 9, this is on the, of course, production side. Broadcast order, this was number 11, so not close. too far off. It yeah. was close. Be a Clown. We've sort of discovered in our diving back into these episodes that the closer an episode was to its broadcast number, like when the production number and the broadcast number are close together, the production team is pretty confident in yeah. the episode, yeah. and so are the the broadcasting folks. When an episode like Underdwellers or something like that, uh, or Christmas with the Joker, is far away from its production number versus when they broadcast it, they seem to be a little less confident. Hide this piece of trash. Right. But they liked this one, and so did we. Well, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. And um, the best Joker episode we've seen so far. Yeah, so of the three, we've had Last Laugh, and we had, of course, Christmas with the Joker yeah. before that, and then we have Be a Clown. This is the strongest of the three. Be a Clown! Right. It's actually... <laughs> be a Clown! It's actually a pretty strong Joker episode in general. It's not the strongest, by far, but it's it's now starting to approach a rank. We're getting more... We're getting more of the Joker as the Joker is supposed to be in uh, yes. this episode. We're getting a lot more of... A lot more Mark Hamill, a lot more of the Joker. In general, sure. he's clearly growing. We're getting into an episode trend now, of, of which I think there are two or three of these episodes, where the, the, the sort of idea for the episode is just that the Joker makes him himself part of an ordinary person's life. Yep. Um, and, of course, the better one for that is Joker's Favor. Of course. But this is a pretty good episode yeah. and a memorable one for me from childhood, not just because the kid's name was Jordan. I think uh, the episode is good. Yeah, we're going to talk about these kids. Yeah. So, kind of a disturbing episode just yeah. right off the bat yeah. uh, for many reasons, but mostly because it is Joker as a scary party clown really inappropriately befriending a child. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it it's true. It's really true. You have in the notes, you compare it to a Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons. It is like that. Right, so one of, the, one of the best episodes of The Simpsons far. Is, is Cape Fear, which is the sort of the most famous of the Sideshow Bob kidnapping Bart episodes. Yeah, man, it's a real shame that Kelsey Grammer wasn't in the Batman animated series. He probably could have fit as a number of different oh, characters. Oh, yes. He would have been very good. Great Scarecrow. A great Scarecrow. Uh, probably a really good Hugo Strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think a, a number of different characters. But yeah, definitely reminded me of Cape Fear from from The Simpsons. Or actually, 
uh, to a lesser extent, literally Martin Scorsese's Cape Fear, yeah. which, which yeah, itself yeah, yeah, yeah. is a remake as well. Yeah. But uh, a good story. Just the idea that this evil person has an intimacy with you and your family yeah. that you do not want and you did not realize. Like, yes. you thought he was something else, yeah. and now he's too close, and now it's too late. Yeah. Um, so really an interesting take. Um, an animation issue... Jordan sort of looks like the Joker. Yeah. What is up with that? You noticed this, yeah? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Um, also, the kids in this episode all look like they're about 45, just small. Right, they all look like small adults. Like, Jordan in this episode, the kid, has a he has a receding hairline. He has a receding hairline, and he has like that kind of hawkish nose, yeah. which is what Joker has. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Do we have the paternity test? Do we uh, need to go on Maury Povich? It's Mrs. Hill fooling yeah, around with the clown yeah, prince yeah. crime. I don't know. Maybe it was before and he was the Joker. Even his hair, the back has kind of like that Joker swoop to it that is yeah. like unmistakable as the Joker's yep. haircut. Yep. So if that's not meant to be intentional, that's bad. Lazy. If it is meant to be intentional, it's interesting because they're really trying to say like, okay, these two are sort of kindred spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of Cape Fear, I actually thought like if Scorsese was going to do a Batman movie, he would do this episode. That as a would movie. that would be his his take. Yeah, yeah he would do yeah. it like from like yeah. Of course, Batman and Bruce Wayne would play a big part, but it would mostly be like yeah, Mayor Hill. He's a dick. No one likes him. He's got this son who's kind of decent, and Joker's going to exploit that even yeah. accidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a terrible uh, Mayor Hill's the worst. And then I do want to touch down. I'll, I'll touch down on some specific moments in the episode, but we've never really discussed Shirley Walker yeah. on the show. Yeah. Shirley Walker scored most of this series. It's great. And I read a little bit about Shirley Walker. This is pretty remarkable. I don't know if you knew this or not. I didn't know it until today when I really looked up how this worked. Um, this show was one of the last in a long tradition of um, 20th century animation where the show would be animated and the voice cast will have finished doing all that and then someone comes in and they actually have a live orchestra and they're writing music and actually scoring each specific episode. And in this case, Shirley Walker has about 30-ish different composers under her wing. And she is mentoring all of them and basically giving them little assignments like, oh, you're going to do this musical yep. spotting yep. and you're going to do this yep. spotting. And then I'm going to do the main orchestral theme. There is a There is a beauty in how cartoons used to be scored. Yeah. It's not just, you know, people making beats and Fruity Loops. Now, there's there's artistic creativity. Well, it's all machine now. It's right? all machine. But there is artistic creativity in that. I'm not trying to trash on electronic music. But imagine having the money. Yeah. Right? The money to hire an orchestra. An orchestra. Right, a full orchestra. A full orchestra yeah. to score 109 episodes of a cartoon. Right. That's why movie. That's why episodes of like Looney Tunes, like The Barber of Seville, Mm. would get Academy Awards because it's totally. not just the animation. It's everything that goes into it. And, you know, I'm going to go on a little bit of a, of a soapbox right now. No, please do. Actually, I was hoping um, for this because you're the, you're the music person of the two of us. Yeah. First of all, music is music no matter how it gets created. Sure. Um, it's good. If, if it's good, it's good, right? Music is so important to everything. We have, we in this current film environment, we have moved away from musical themes we have moved away from real scoring. Right. Now, it's kind of just atmospheric it's, now. All the music in movies today is atmospheric. Even when John Williams does stuff for Star Wars, and he's like almost done, even his music now is atmospheric. Right. Danny Elfman, his stuff is, is atmospheric. You have a guy like um, Hans Zimmer, who is brilliant. 
transitions from mm-hmm. doing more atmospheric music or more thematic music into more um, into more atmospheric music. Danny Elfman's the big one for me. Danny Elfman's music. If you listen to Danny Elfman's score of Batman 1989, Beetlejuice, gorgeous, yeah, these are all gorgeous stuff. Yeah. I mean, even his stuff for Nightmare, right? His, uh, it's a, which is essentially Oingo Boingo, the the musical, right? Which is terrific. Which is terrific. I love Oingo Boingo. And now you listen to Danny Elfman's work on Multiverse of Madness. Still great. Still really yeah, fun to listen not to. Not as great, right? But completely idea. not memorable, and you're losing the theme because these production houses don't want memorable music. They don't want music taking away from the overall production of the movie and that it's just something you're supposed to hear. You know where music is still doing what it did in movies and cartoons? Video games. Video oh, game yeah. music is still very much doing this. If you put on the soundtrack to what's a really good modern soundtrack, Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? I think the Bioshock stuff Bioshock is actually stuff, very good. Yeah. Terrific. Batman, very good. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, excellent, excellent music. This is all stuff. They're still scoring stuff in video games today like they used to do in cartoons and movies. And cartoons had some of the best scoring. And over the years, it's often considered that, oh, well, cartoons are for kids. Okay, I get that, and I understand that they're directed at children, but the production and the care that goes into producing cartoons throughout the 20th century is so um, sophisticated mm-hmm. that it needs to be treated at the same level of art as pretty much any other piece of art that you're going to look at. You can't tell me that the Looney Tunes episodes of the 40s and the 30s aren't art, aren't important pieces of s- cinematic history. And Batman the Animated Series is part of that. Sure. It's that long-lasting Warner tradition of amazing, amazing animation, which we've kind of lost because there's not a lot of Warner animation anymore. And There's it's, not a lot of animation anymore. Not like this. Not like this. I mean, the expression, they don't make them like they used to, I, I mean, applies to animation really, really I well. I will get off my soapbox right now, but um, Shirley Walker's work on Batman the Animated Series should be commended, yeah. and she should be as important and as uh, celebrated as Danny Elfman is for this show. Yeah, she eventually got recruited to do the big films. Like she, I think she did Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's really amazing. Great she's theme. also great theme. She's also working in a time where women don't get to do nope. this job. Nope. So that nope. is something to be applauded. That thirty years ago, she's um, really seen as this titan of of music for specifically for animation. But then she does make the jump. You know, there. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it is a you know it's totally. You know, it's a sexism thing for sure. For sure. Um, and you have all these young, a lot of young men actually who yeah. are crediting Shirley Walker as being like their inspiration. Yeah. They're like, you know, it was my first job yeah. working for Shirley Walker scoring animation and it was some of their best work yeah. for many I mean, of them. I mean, you know, uh, Shirley Walker is unbelievably good. Um, and even her themes for, if she did the theme work for Batman Forever, I mean, that that's great music. Um, you know, it it's kind of the inverse. She's kind of like the, the uh, animation uh, counterpart to one of my favorite video game composers, who's Yoko Shimomura over in Japan. She's like the, the the godmother of Japanese video game music, and uh, very much an inspiration to tons of we musicians out there. Not even just composers who who write stuff. I'm talking about people who are songwriters. And it's really nice to see that Shirley Walker is getting that credit uh, now. I just wish she got it back in the day. 
Yeah, so I'm actually looking up Shirley Walker's work, and um, I see she did Mask of the Phantasm. Love that movie. Um, I'm not seeing Batman Forever, so I might have misspoken, but I know she did some some big picture stuff. Actually, there's a lot here. Um, True Lies. Great. Oh, uh, so I guess she worked with Cameron. She co-composed with, you know, Escape from L.A. with Carpenter. Yeah. She worked on Mystery Men, Final Destination. I mean, actually, it just goes on and the on. Listen, Folks goes on should, and on and on. should really look her uh, look her up. Um, yeah, give her give her that support. Listen to her music. Put on your Spotify yeah, playlist. For really your cool. Games. Um, I mean, she she has passed, but she was really an amazing, amazing, amazing woman. Amazing, amazing. Um, yes. So the music really caught me in this episode. And again, I I don't think of things the way that you do, Mike. I don't think of things like musically. Like when I hear music, to me, it's just music. Yeah. Sometimes I need to really think about it yeah. in a way that you probably don't. Um, well, but, yeah. I think to me at this point, it's second nature. See, like and, I've been and a musician. It's not for me. I really have to try hard. Yeah. So I've been a musician, uh, for those of you who are, I guess, new and don't know this, uh, I've been a musician forever. Uh, Jordan is a is an incredibly, gift, incredibly gifted actor, writer, director, oh, and I'm a, I'm a, I've been a musician and a songwriter for most of my life. So um, music is very important to me on how, it, how it's used to stage things um, and how it's used in film and, it's, and how important good theme work. You know, I'm a sucker for a hook. Yeah. Um, like there have been times where Jordan and I will see a movie uh, and I will react to the soundtrack choices and, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, and he's reacted to my reacting to the soundtrack choices. So it's something that is very important. So during Batman the Animated Series, you have this incredible music underscoring all of it is just, it's 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 lights out. Yeah. What I was going to say was the, the reason why I'm bringing up Shirley Walker in this episode and what really caught me was that there is so much music in this episode. Tons. And it really changes a lot. And it's all based off of, I hope I'm not using this term incorrectly, but specifically the Joker, every time he appears, has what I believe is called a leap motif, light yeah, motif. Light motif. So a light motif, uh, I think I explained this last time. I so, think we talked about this. So yeah. we can talk we can unpack what a light motif and, is. But just it's a specifically which sounds now, fun until you watch whatever now, he's doing, which is always scary. That borders on theme. Mm-hmm. Because a light motif is um, a light motif is actually only a few notes. Uh, okay. When so light motif is something that's used in opera mm-hmm. when your character walks on stage, you know, um, and a light motif is is meant to represent a character. We see the light motif in this show constantly with Batman. Every time Batman gets on screen, you ba da 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 da. That's his light motif. That's it. Not the whole thing. Sure. Just ba ba da da da. Or Star Wars. Perfect example. Princess Leia walks on the screen. That's that's kind of her theme, but and the whole true song, opera, yeah. exactly. The whole song is her theme, and that's her leitmotif. With the Joker, it's getting close to the theme because it's starting to get a little long, but it is definitely a leitmotif. Yeah, so you have this a pretty high chance that on a title card you're going to hear which is his song. This episode uses that song a lot and overlays it with a circus thing yep. because he's hiding yep which i thought it like chilled my actual spine i was like why does his song sound like this in episode i was like oh because he's he's not him yep. wink wink yep. very scary and uh, yeah no it's really really good stuff yeah really good um yeah we'll visit some of the other cool stuff in this episode as we're going through because there's a lot of things i want to bring up from specifically the imdb trivia yeah but um we're gonna get into the episode now so, without further ado, here is Season 1, Episode 9, Be a Clown. We're going to break it down. Okay, we start you with our... You killed Captain Clown! Um, every episode. Um, we start with the theme song, of course. A great title card. Great title card. Um, we have the Joker and a small boy, just just their silhouettes, in front of the silhouette of a, like, the skeleton of a Ferris wheel. 
uh, which is fucking rad. Yeah. And it's the first of two times we see this, but like the skeleton of a Ferris wheel kind of looks like a spider's web. It does. And I'm like, wow, that's really smart. Ba- uh, Batman needs a spider theme villain. Does he have... He I, might have he one might that have Kevin one. Smith created. Right. I'm not thinking of it right now, but there might be one. There might, there's one, but there's no Spider-Man in the DC Sure. Universe. There was, of course, a very famous Batman-Spider-Man crossover with yes. Carnage and Joker, but yeah, which was I don't terrible. think Batman just has a straight-up Spider-Villain. No. I also think that there needs to be a Spider-Man in the, in the uh, DC universe. I, I agree. I will say that Scarecrow often uses spiders as a scare tactic, but I, I guess not Batman really. Batman is, is not afraid of anything. A Spider-Villain, right. Um... Be a Clown was directed by Frank Power and written by Ted Peterson and Steve Hayes. We open on a sign in our first scene. It says Gotham Acres, a fun place to be. So in case there was any doubt this was going to be a Joker episode, there it is. Um, So we have some real estate going on. We have Mayor Hill's speech at Gotham Towers. This is already the second or third episode that involves Gotham real estate. So we have in the animated series this idea that there are forces at work in Gotham that are trying to tear things down and make things better. Urban sprawl, baby. Yeah, but nothing ever really gets better. No, it gets worse. Like even in Pretty Poison when they're building the penitentiary. Like there's this idea that like, yeah, there are city builders, but they're also corrupt. Yeah, and then Poison Ivy kills them all. (laughs) Right. Um, Poison Ivy. (laughs) Mayor Hill wants to make uh, Gotham a safe and affordable place to live, apparently. Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, And of course, there's these hugely ironic police sirens growing uh, as a car chase interrupts his mm-hmm. speech. It literally crashes yes. through the press conference. Da, 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 we get two thugs da, da, da. in a red car. They do the worst driving we have ever seen. Terrible. As they're pursued by a squad car, they knock into an antenna that nearly falls on Mayor Hill. And as they emerge from their car with machine guns, specifically Tommy guns, because fucking rad, yep. uh, Batman appears and takes out the trash. Oh boy. With um, a girder. That's right. Uh, Batman flies away as Summer Gleason. <laughs> okay, can we talk oh, about go this? Go ahead, yeah, sure. For a second. Yo, Mayor, Mayor Hill is terrible. He's a terrible character. He's a terrible character. I mean, a, a, we love to hate him. I'll oh, yeah. yeah He's a great lo- character he, that is yes, a hated character. Ha- a hateable character. He's under rubble. And yes. Summer Gleason is like, can I get the scoop? <laughs> That's the press, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is the press. That's it's like kick you when you're down. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like... Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you just got kicked in the balls and you're on the ground. So how does that feel? <laughs> right. It doesn't feel good, man. I like Summer Gleason. She's like yes. less caring Lois Lane yes, in this series, yeah, yeah. which I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I do like her a lot. Um, yeah, Batman flies away. Summer in the press conference. They descend on Hill while he's yeah in the rubble. Gleason's got the good zinger line here asking Hill, uh, regarding safety in the city, sir, you were saying? Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Um, and the mayor just bungles whatever his reply is going to be. Um, we transition to Hill's reply on a television screen, which is sort of like a classic animated series transition where you have the thing happening live in the moment, and then you have someone watching it on the screen or sometimes reading it in a newspaper. Um, so we have, it's, it's the Joker, of course. Now, it seems like Joe, uh, sorry, it seems like Mayor Hill is not a Batman fan. Nope. We knew um, that from the first episode, right? Th- that's right. It's something that was brought up in On Leather Wings. And he says that there's basically a few rotten apples that are spoiling the bunch in Gotham. And when asked if if Hill includes Batman in those rotten apples, Hill replies and he says that he thinks men like Batman and the Joker are cut from the same cloth. Oh, boy. And Joker does not like this. Um, <laughs> I was reminded of the 89 Batman. I was like, is he going to put a boxing glove through the television screen? Um, he does not. He throws a pie yes. at the screen Or a man dressed as a bat. Gets all my press. Gets all my press. Um, but he's very offended. What? Compare me to Batman? I've got more style, more brains. I'm certainly a better dresser. He is. 
and then he'll, he is. Uh, Hill says he's going to run all the costumed freaks out of town. Yes, good luck with that, yeah, mayor yeah, of Gotham yeah. City. Good luck, good yes. luck with that without Batman. And then he says, why would anyone have the hubris to say this in Gotham City? He says, I want to make Gotham City as safe as my own mansion, as safe as the mayor's mansion. Okay, mm. great. You may as well have just sent Joker an invitation. Well, it's time to party! Yeah, to your house. It is time to party. Yeah, speaking of the party. So our next scene is Jordan's birthday party. Oh, Jordan is, of sorry, course, buddy. Mayor Hillson. I Yeah, it really sucks for me. But I, every time you say it, I, I can hear your stomach turn. So that's good. Yeah, get a sip it's of that. It's also that. Well, actually, it, it speaks to the effectiveness of the episode because one of the reasons I don't like that the kid's name is Jordan in this episode is because he's in such an uncomfortable position yep. for almost this entire yep, of episode. Course, of right? course. When he's not busy being hated by his father, he's been kidnapped yeah. by someone who wants to harm him. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tough episode to be named Jordan, exactly. uh, especially when you're a kid watching the show. Um so Mayor Hill's a fucking dick. Um, he's speaking down to like his servants, basically. He's talking about all the important people that are going to be at the party. They make him just very unlikable very quickly. We don't know a lot about Mayor Hill. We just know that we hate him. Yes, he's not as, as the viewer. I also like that he turns his son's birthday party into like some sort of fundraising campaign. Like, sure. Come on, dude. Well, he is Mayor Hill is an exploiter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something that the show addresses. How different is he than Falcone? Well, actually, that's that's really well said, right? I think the mayor is one of the closest people that we get to having like someone who is outright corrupt on yeah. this show, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. They really just try to show us he's not a good man. Um, they go back on that a little bit at the end of the episode, but not really in the not series really. in general. Like, we'll get more about healing Clock King, yeah. which we'll talk about Very soon. soon. So the mayor's son is obsessed with magic, which was, again, something I was really into as a kid as well. And Magic uh, the Gathering. Correct. Um, <laughs> so, damn it. Uh, so you've infected dope. another show <laughs> with Magic the Gathering. Um, so Jordan is practicing magic in his room. And, um, yeah, this is when we first noticed that his kid looks like the Joker, whatever you want to make of that. Uh, he does a very effective disappearing wand trick, gives a little abracadabra as his wand uh, disappears. Good for him. It'll be a few more years before Jordan is playing with his wand in a different way. Oh, boy. And Mayor Hill <laughs> bursts in on his <laughs> rehearsal, telling him to stop fooling with those stupid magic tricks. And Hill tells him that his party is starting. Jordan corrects him. He says, you know, it's not my party. It's, it's your party. Um, he's correctly recognized that the mayor has only stocked this party with his own friends, and that any kids that are going to be there are just the sons and the daughters of the mayor's friends. They're not Jordan's friends no, there. No, no, um, He's just, you know, the mayor's invited people who are rich, famous, and influential, who is all the mayor really cares about. Jordan doesn't feel like the mayor cares about him. He definitely doesn't. I mean, he's shown, he's shown that he doesn't care about his son at all. Right. So Jordan just sulks. Yeah. Sorry. You know what? It's his party, and he will cry he, if he wants to. Well, I, I like where you went with that. Thank you. Um, we get a quick exterior shot of the mansion with these beautiful cars pulling up, and then quickly to the interior, we get the mayor kind of grotesquely schmoozing with, I think it's Senator Finch, um, and then he's Ugh. telling this weird photographer, did you get a good shot of me with a senator? Hill's encouraging Jordan to smile, wanting him to appear happy, and caring way less if he's actually happy. So Hill is like a true politician, yeah. right? It's all about appearance. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's all facade. And then Mayor Hill mentions to Jordan that he has a surprise coming. And boy, does he. And we see a brief shot of a clown van racing and swerving down the road. And the van reads, if you pause the frame, Jekko Clown. Yep. That's all it says. Jekko Clown. Jekko Clown, sure. Great. Uh, then we go back to the party. Councilman Fry arrives with his fat son. His fat son's name is Timmy, and he's uh, looking for food. Did, some, did somebody say food? The show hates fat people. It does. It's very, it hates very fat sizes. people, as we saw from 
what was his name? Bigly? B- Biggest. Biggest from... Bigly! The Forgotten. I'm Mr. Biggest. Mr. Biggest. Um, enter Jekko the Clown. Oh, boy. Mike, what can we say about Jekko the Clown? Um, Jekko the Clown looks like a child molester. He does. So this is a good moment to interrupt to say... Uh, we had brought up this story, I think, apocryphally at first in our earlier episodes, but um, Tim Curry was the original yes. person cast in this role yes. as the Joker. Yes. And uh, I think it was between him and um, John Glover. Yeah. And Mark Hamill was not even in the top two. And then they actually chose Tim Curry. They recorded a bunch with him. Yeah. And then something either happened with his contract or an executive didn't like him that much. Something yeah. like that. And then Hamill re-recorded everything. I was, I was but it was re- supposed to be Tim Curry. Yeah, it was supposed to be Tim Curry. I actually read something, and this could be a total like PR move, that said that Tim Curry actually heard his voice. Doing the voice? Doing the, the voice of the Joker. That he oh, actually okay. heard his voice doing the voice of the Joker. And like his agent was like, you shouldn't ruin your voice for a cartoon. Got it. That's totally possible. Yeah, yeah. But it also might be a really good PR turn. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, could you imagine if Tim Curry had been left in on this episode? Tim oh, Curry is, yeah. of course, Pennywise. Yes. Um, yes. And we have this kind of like cool cyclical thing going on because Joker is a character that came around, I don't want to say in the late 1930s. Yeah. 37, 39, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Pennywise came around in the 1980s, but we feel like all evil clowns kind of owe themselves to the Joker, at least yeah. in some way. Yeah, I think that's then, why. Yeah, no, I think that's probably why so many people are terrified of clowns. So yeah, I, I I don't know the science on this. It has to do with because the face is deformed. Well, it's the in some it's, way. It's it's kind of the same thing that irks people about the uncanny valley, where yeah. it's like very close to being real and being a human, but something is off because the clown paints a face on top of his face. Right. And it, and as we see with Jekko, he's got like the brow painted on and the lips painted on, but his you can see his real lips, and it's just very weird. So I want to talk about. Uh, Jekko's face paint for a yes. very specific reason, yes. and I think it's on purpose, and it bothers me that I think it's on purpose. So Jekko, I, I wrote down a description of him, but of course, listener, you could look up a picture if you're in a position to do so. But he has um, huge blue overalls, yep. brass buttons, purple yep. straps, a red mm-hmm. bow tie, sickly green shirt, and then here's the weird stuff. He has a long alien-like head with these huge red lips, huge, huge, huge red lips. Huge. Long red nose, um, black eyes, and notice that the yellow there's yellow eyeballs and yellow teeth because it's it's Joker, Joker yeah. and then he has these painted on arched eyelids to form kind of a new brow, and he's bald and he's got these two big red tufts of hair. I almost wrote that I was like, okay, yeah, standard terrifying clown, but then I'm actually thinking more like John Wayne Gacy. Gacy. Yep, exactly. And I was like, this is kind of a choice. Yep. You're I... kind of the Gacy clown at so, this point. So. That's what I thought watching it. I'm like, oh, so Joker it plays a birthday party clown who abducts a child. I'm like, oh, so this is very John Wayne Gacy, correct? Like, right. very much in that vein of of that of that kind of vibe. Right. So Gacy's clown was called Pogo the Clown. Yep. Which is in the clowning community. I've learned it's a band name. You can't be Pogo. Yeah. Because of him. I mean. And the clown community, I know it's hilarious to talk about them. <laughs> well, no, but they are people. They are. There is a clown. <laughs> they are people. Yes, they are, they are pe- people. Clowns are people. Clowns are people, too. Um, where, you know, I, and I respect them. They, you know, circus arts are difficult. Uh, very, to be a clown difficult. is different. Is difficult. Um, and it's really hard to be a clown in a universe that contains Pennywise and the Joker. But actually, more than that, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. 
and this episode takes that and kind of pushes it. So we have this terrifying-looking clown. He's at the party, and actually Jordan is very taken with him mm-hmm. um, because this guy does magic tricks. Of course. He's juggling on a unicycle. The juggling balls explode into confetti. The children are delighted. Mayor Hill is not. No. Jekko shakes and shocks Mayor Hill's hand with the electric buzzer. Mm-hmm. And after shaking the mayor's hand sometime later, he says um, that he learned his tricks from the great prosciutto. Oh, which is, I love that. Now I there laughed. was a ham. I laughed so hard. And that was a real ham. So according to IMDb trivia, prosciutto is Alan Moore. Oh, yeah. It looks just like him. And now if you look at it, it, it sure is. Oh, yeah. And you see him a few times throughout the episode. So uh, that Alan, is cool. Alan Moore, obviously, you know, we know that Alan Moore wrote one of the best Joker stories ever, right? Yes. So uh, The Killing Joke. Killing yeah. Joke. One of Joker's best, most important stories. And, uh, you know, it's a nod to him, but I also think it's also kind of a dig. Right. I think it's both. It's both, because Alan Moore would never approve of anything. I don't want to be involved with anything. Uh, and also, I wanted to mention Joker's Jekko voice is basically Edwin. Yeah. Is right, what he's trying yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, so yeah. it's really fun. It's fun. Hamill's doing a great job here, because yeah. he's doing like a character underneath another character, and it is unsettling. So we got this really cool moment in the episode. Jordan wants to know how to become a great magician like Jekko. And Jekko's advice is, step one, run away. Yes. Step two, find a magician with a great act. And step three, steal it. Steal it. Which actually kind of had a ring of truthiness well, to it. There was some truth. verisimilitude there. The the old adage is, you know, great artists borrow. I uh, know, good artists borrow and great artists steal. That's kind of how it works. Absolutely, it was it was cool. Yeah. Um, Bruce Wayne finally arrives at the party with a great big package. Um, we all know Bruce has a great big package. He's got it. Oh baby! Outside, uh, Jekko is finishing up. He's doing an act with like more birds, basically. We live in similar houses. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> He's claiming he's saved the best for last. And then Jordan gets into a fight with his dad. He's thrown a fit, but it's certainly a justifiable yeah. fit. He doesn't want to greet Mr. Wayne. He wants to just enjoy his party and see Jekko's, like, big final trick. We totally feel for him. Uh, he feels like it's always just about whatever the mayor wants. So Jordan storms off creating a scene, and the camera pans over the whole crowd, just looking distastefully at Mayor Hill, and then the photographer, like, gets a shot. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jekko says, oh, too bad for the birthday boy. The last trick is pure dynamite. Yep. And Jekko reveals what is unmistakably a candle with the Joker's face yes. on it. Not a good sign. Definitely not good. But those Joker brand products. <laughs> yes, exactly. And great dialogue here. I thought this was so yes. fun. He does a ta-da reveal. This last trick is pure dynamite, right? So ta-da, what is it? It's a birthday candle, Einstein, except this one blows you out. Yes. And I was like, that's fucking rad. Very that's good. awesome. Very good. Very good Joker. Uh, then we get the episode's first real Joker laugh that yep. he just lets slip out um, as he puts the candle in the cake and he likes it, uh, He lights it. It's time for Jordo to make his wish. Jekko gathers the crowd together and then walks off claiming he's going to get Jordan. Yes. Um, I just want to say that, you know, you brought this up in, in our first Joker episode where Joker is very much this version of the Joker. He's not like a terrorist or anything or, or a comedian. He's he's a, he's an actor. This Joker is like a stage actor. Like all the stuff he does in this episode, he rides the unicycle, he juggles, he does yeah. all this kind of old classic clowning and vaudevillian, vaudevillian style performing, which I think is a really good approach to the Joker. I agree. I like uh, No Secret, and we've said this many times already. This is my favorite version of the Joker because the he really is kind of an entertainer first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that he no longer knows the line no. of what is entertaining no, everything and is, what is not. The world's a show. The whole world's a well, show. Well, I mean, the world is a stage. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, for for just... his amusement. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, back inside, Jekko bids farewell to Hill and Wayne, but he makes the mistake of letting loose his actual authentic Joker <laughs> infamous laugh. It's not Jekko's laugh, it's his. Yeah. And of course, Bruce recognizes it. I'm sure that is what he dreams about. Um, Mayor Hill makes the episode's worst joke. He says, good riddance, Jerko. <sighs> Fucking Mayor Hill sucks. Um <laughs> Uh, but then when he looks to turn back to, to Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne has disappeared because yep. he's Batman. Batman. He probably um, has a car hidden in the mayor's pool right, or exactly. some shit. He, right, he's, he's a whole like, Batcave beneath Mayor Hill's yeah. mansion. Uh, I think the Batcave is just c- completely underneath all of Gotham. Correct, I yeah. feel that way as well. Like the catacombs are yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Wayne sees the cake outside with the Joker's candle, and of course he can't give away that he's Batman, so he, and he needs a reason to knock into this cake, so he brings his giant fucking gift and just like pretends to part the crowd and knock the cake into the pool. It's so weird. <laughs> pool cake. Um, there's a disappointed Aww. sigh from the crowd, like, oh, what a beautiful cake. None of us get to eat that cake. But then there's a fucking explosion. Yeah, yeah. It blows up the pool. Right, and then the missing scene from this episode is whatever the reaction to the explosion was, like, Oh, thank God for Bruce Wayne accidentally <laughs> knocking the cake into the pool. Otherwise, totally, we'd be dead. Totally, he's not Batman. Right. I just really want to know what that gift was. It looked huge. It's it looked gigantic. like a model skyscraper did or he, something like did that. Did he get him a mini bat computer? I hope so. Uh, we get a shot of Jekko's van racing away. As, of course, the Joker laughs maniacally, thinking his plan has worked. And back at the party, Mayor Hillmont answers. Now, no one was hurt, which Bruce Wayne is at least thankful for. Yeah. And Wayne is still kind of hanging around. He's clearly friends with the mayor, obviously in terms of wealth, power, and influence. Yeah, Wayne's course. got it all. Of course, Mayor Hill's going to let him stick around. Uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon is there. He reveals the real Jekko, who claims that someone jumped him and stole his wagon and his costume. Uh, so where's Jordan? Good question. By the way, I want to mention that Jekko, for two lines, the two lines he has, he's played by Jim Cummings, one of yep, the most famous yep. voice yep. actors is in that the Winnie world. The Pooh? Yes. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh, right? <laughs> so Winnie the Pooh comes in and does one line in yeah, this episode. Yeah, it's a little cameo yeah. for us. Uh, Jim Cummings will return to Batman the Animated Series in a very fun way, which we'll talk about another episode much later. Um, inside the van, it's revealed that Jordan has taken Jekko's advice, which is to run, run away. away. And in fact, he's just finished step one, and now he's he's found a great magician in Jekko, right? Jekko pulls into an abandoned amusement park. Mike, mm, I just Mike, don't get it. Why? I don't get it. If you know you're having this problem and right. you're Gotham City, why are you leaving abandoned right. amusement parks just lying around? Right now, right now. The real if the real mayor of Gotham wants to clean up crime in Gotham City. These are the things he needs to make sure don't exist in uh, Gotham City. Toy factories. Toy factories. Right, which we saw in uh, Last Laugh. Yes. Amusement parks. Amusement parks. And. Well, anything like that. Anything, anything like that could that. be remotely Fun houses. Like, like, correct. Anything like that. Even I would say laser tag. Yeah. You Abandoned can't, laser no, tag. You can't, you can't no, just no. leave that out there. It's like Joker like kind of walks around Gotham after, you know, his hideout gets blown up for the 10th time because Batman, you know, hits it with a bat bomb or something. Right. Where am I? going to go next oh right. i wonder right? right when you hit the gotham city limits there should be a sign like right where they're usually no like the, the rotary club or something yeah. like that it should say like no carnivals no carnivals absolutely no carnivals no, no arcades car- carnivals not allowed carnivals not allowed no fun allowed <laughs> yes um so yes he drives to the spooky abandoned amusement park which actually this is the first time we're seeing this location in the show not the last yeah and it's kind of a vague location but i think it's supposed to be the sign says gotham amusements yeah which I think is supposed to be Amusement Mile. Mile, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amusement Mile from the games, from Everything. the comic books, which for all intents and purposes is a waterfront 
boardwalk amusement park yeah. that very, has very, been abandoned for many years. Very Atlantic City. Right. And it has never been open at any point, yes. but for some reason, always works. Always there. And, and they jo- never investigate and, and they, Listen, the rides at Disney break down all the time, but not at Joker's theme park. Maybe right. he's just a really good theme park operator. Right. <laughs> right. Well, the cool way to say this is why have they allowed this place to be there? I think they're too afraid to do anything. Yeah, about because it. if they if they blow that up and get rid of it, then he's just going to blow up City Hall. Yeah, right. That or like, yeah, you be the cop that yeah, goes in there yeah, and yeah. pulls him out. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> you how know? about you go shut down the amusement park? I'm not. Well, go the last the time guy that went there got his face burned off by acid, so I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're in the abandoned amusement park. Um. And Joker goes ahead and he parks the Jekko van outside the Twin Terrors roller coaster, which Love we'll it. see much more of shortly. Of course. Uh, and Jordan just has a shot. We get a shot of him marveling the beauty and the strangeness of the Dark Carnival. Already yeah. he's kind of lured into mm-hmm. the Joker's world. Um, inside the hideout, Joker laughs about his plot as Summer Gleason reports about it on the evening news. And she's reporting that Jordan Hill is missing. And Jordan reveals himself to Joker. He says, it's me, Jekko. I ran away. Jekko is at first not pleased. He's doing his like furious yeah. Joker voice. Uh, an accidental kidnapping is not what he had in mind. Uh, but then Joker turns on a dime because yep. Joker is crazy. And he's the Joker. Right. And then he's suddenly like, actually, I've been thinking about a protege. Nice so this work. goes from worst thing ever to this could be good. Yeah. Bad, though. Right. Though I will say Joker's a pretty decent magician. Well, actually, I was going to say, if he could only teach, yeah. he's really good. He's really good. At what he does. He does yeah. it all. Uh, we go back to Mayor Hill's mansion again. Gordon and the team are analyzing the situation. Uh, Mayor Hill is lamenting that he has not paid enough attention to his son. He says that things will be different if he comes back. And spoiler for the end of the episode, that does pay off. Yes. So he is redeemable, even though Mayor Hill is not necessarily a likable man. He still desires to be a better father. Uh, And that's important that Jordan comes home to a loving father. Otherwise, the episode has no meaning. Yes. So that's why this scene is here. They're replaying footage from the party, and Bruce is focused on that great prosciutto line. And then in another classic Batman the Animated Series transition, the uh, image of the great prosciutto on the television screen becomes the real great prosciutto poster. We get back to the amusement park. Jekko is now in Joker's clothes, the purple suit, even though he still has the Jekko face. And he's leapt up onto a stage uh, while Jordan is looking on. Jekko has a sword. (laughs) There's there is kind of a sexual innuendo yeah, here. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. there really is. Yep. Um, Jekko's doing some sword swallowing, and Jordan is asking, "Isn't swallowing a sword dangerous?" And then Joker pulls the long sword out of his throat, and it becomes like a little sword. And he shows him it's just this trick sword. And it, it looks pretty real still. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Jordan acknowledges it looks real. He's a smart kid. Um, there is some kind of a fellatio thing yeah, going on here, yeah, right? Yeah, Joker yeah. shoves the sword down his throat. He pulls it out. It's small again, yeah, right? Yeah. As if like, oh, don't worry about it. They're not all that big, right? Yeah. It's very gacy. It's yep. very, very fucked up. Very creepy. Makes it's, your skin crawl. Yeah. Um, and Joker is getting a real kick out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a red clown nose alarm that goes off from one of like the giant clown heads. Love that Joker. Joker. This is like wonderful toys collection. This has been consistent with the Joker's yep. characters. He's got great shit. Yep. Tons of okay. great toys. It started with Christmas and the, Christmas with the Joker was just like, oh yeah, giant animatronics yep. that attack. He has yep. them always. Yep. He also, so yeah. we have to believe, and I'm just going to sidebar for a second. We have to believe that just like we're with mid-career Batman in this series, we're also with mid-career Joker. Mm-hmm. So he's had time to stockpile. Yes. I think that's how I'm going to justify yes. every Joker appearance where I'm like, where did he get the millions of dollars to do this? Well, you know what? He's been at it for 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. this is just what he has access yep. to, and it's really fun. And, uh, you know, he also had Captain Clown. 
he had Captain Clown. So he opens up the mouth of this thing to reveal what I'm going to call the clown computer. Yeah. Uh, he flips through these CCTV channels across the park, finally finding Batman. Well, if it isn't the caped coconut. Uh, my dad says Batman's no good, says Jordan. Well, then I guess your dad's not a total idiot. And Joker wants to play a joke on Batman, and Jordan is going to have to be the Joker's unwitting assistant. Once again, creepy. Creepy. Uh, Batman stalks through Gotham Amusements. He's gotten there. Jordan is wearing a magician's hat, and he's introducing Jekko the Jokester, which is Joker's helping him to give himself yep. that name. Uh, Batman calls out Jordan's name. He races after him. Jordan hides. It seems like it's not going to be an easy task. Batman does confront Jordan head-on, and Jordan refuses to cooperate, which is another kind of insidious thing about this episode is that Jordan likes Joker. Yeah. Jordan likes Jekko, and Batman is scary to him. Yeah. Jordan's been taught by his father that Batman's a bad guy. Yeah. And if you look at Batman and you're a young kid, Batman is scary. Again, this kind of speaks to like sometimes these people that manipulate, mm -hmm. that groom, that, that yeah. uh, try to get you in on their side sexually or otherwise, sometimes they seem friendly. They're even people you like. Yes. Or even um, people you know. And the people that are trying to help you seem scary. Yep. Right? Yep. That is tough. Yeah. Um, Jekko starts tossing metal playing cards. We saw these back in Last Laugh. Yes, and they're um, awesome. And they're them. awesome. And Batman is pursuing Joker up the Funhouse stairs after Joker is throwing these metal playing cards at him. He throws the ace, yep. which is an exploding ace. The ace, of course, is a special card that produces knockout gas. Jordan is concerned that Batman is really hurt. Uh, Joker lets out a really Shakespearean line. The enemy merely slumbers. Very good. Um, and then Joker goes to see, this is my favorite sequence, he goes to see Madra, yeah. who is a machine fortune teller, and her red eyes flash as she dispenses Batman's fortune, which I love this. We do not we do know not what the know. card says, but the music yep. tells us what it says. Yep. And as we'll see in the next scene, it means water trap, Yep. basically. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And Very I cool. love the decision not to show us the card and to tell us with music. Yep. What did that card yep. say? And that genius. nasty circus music that yep. plays is really cool. Um, we get next an exterior shot of the fun house. And then inside as Batman awakens and we don't realize the shot is actually upside down. So yes. when it corrects itself, he's in the Harry Houdini uh, water escape. Which is great. A great image of Batman. It is. Doing uh, the infamous stuff. sort of water tank trap. Yep. Um, we'll get more of this in our Zatanna episode yeah, with Batman, yeah. but like Batman's years as a trained escape artist will really help him here. Uh, Jekko turns on the stage lights. He presents Batman to Jordan as an actual act. Jordan doesn't like it. This is where Jordan's really feeling uncomfortable. Yep. Um, <laughs> quiet kid, it's a free <laughs> ticket. Joker's still funny. Um, Batman does make the escape, just like Houdini. does a great job, but the trap is rigged so that Batman can't escape. Yep. Jordan does not think that's fair. Um, he pulls a prestige. Yep. Michael Caine in the prestige. He grabs an axe to try to free Batman, but he's stopped by Jekko, who now finally reveals himself as the Joker. Now sit down and enjoy the show. Um, this is where... Uh, it is a gif I share with you sometimes. Yes. He actually pulls off the Jekko face to reveal yep. he's Joker underneath. Yep. It's a cool moment. It's a very cool moment. Um, Jordan hits him with a nearby seltzer sprayer. I think I Joker, Joker would appreciate that. Good old clown trick. Right, and he runs for it while Batman continues to try to bust uh, the tank. Um, this is, uh, at least according to IMDb Trivia, kind of an homage to how the show used to work back when it was the Adam West series, yeah. Yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman and Robin would be trapped in some impossible way, and you would go to commercial, and when you came back, they escaped. Yep. 
you know, and then the show kind of continues. So they're kind of doing one of those. Yeah, it's it's fun. It works. Um, Jordan is running through Gotham amusements. Um, he has found the really creepy section of the park. There's haunting skeletons of old rides and the floating discolored banner in the foreground. A clown robot harasses him, and the voice of the clown robot yeah. is Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim they Curry. left in him and his laugh as like a little. Uh, nod of the hat, Love or that. sorry, tip of the hat to Tim Curry, which That's is really amazing. cool. So when you hear that clown robot laughing, that is Curry's laugh. Love it. Um, that we would have heard a lot more of that had it been Tim Curry in the role. Um, Joker admonishes him, naughty, naughty, you're making me miss the show. Uh, back in the funhouse, Batman breaks the tank, he recovers his utility belt, and then the worst line in the episode... All right, Joker, get ready for a little bat magic. Listen, Ooh, boy. he's not a trained comedian. It's okay. No, really. Un- I wish he had said nothing. Yeah, he would have. it would have just been better if he kind of scowled at him, but whatever. Right. Uh, now we're in kind of our last sequence. Mm-hmm. I did not play the Batman the Animated Series game yeah, so Batman, on the SNES in 94, but this yeah, is a level. In the, in the, in the, bat, it's the adventures of Batman and Robin on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. There, you fight the Which Joker. Is a good game or a bad game? Actually, a pretty good 2D beat-em-up. Pretty, beat pretty up. good, okay. Um, a 2D platformer beat-em-up, action platformer. Um, you uh, you actually do fight the Joker at the theme park on the, on the roller coaster. Right, so this is the, this is the level. This is the level. From the game, yeah. The game has Robin in it as well. Right, which is worse yes. because Robin sucks, yes. and I will stand by that. Yes. Okay, so, uh, yep, Jordan is wandering around this amusement park. Uh, the Ferris wheel casts the shadow on the ground looking like a spider web. Very cool. Great job, animators. This is the same kind of thing hinted at in the title card. He's near the spook house, which is our haunted house at Gotham Amusements. He's frightened by the images he sees, including a waxwork at the freak show that yeah. looks just like Killer, Killer Croc, Croc, which maybe that is a direct it, reference. It might be, right? Yeah. Oh, Jordo calls Joker as he rattles the gates of the attractions with his cane. Jordan hides in a roller coaster car, and suddenly Batman has turned the power on, yeah, and we pan far. over the park as all the rides and the stalls come to life. Uh, we see a quick shot. It is Batman in the control room. And first Joker tries to pull Jordan out of the car. But then again, just like he kind of rolled with the idea that, that Jordan kidnapped himself and said, well, now it's a real kidnapping. He kind of says like, no, the kid had a good idea. Let's do this in the roller coaster. Yeah. So Joker climbs in the coaster. Eventually, uh, Batman gets in the other coaster. Yeah. Because the idea be- behind Twin Terror yep. is that these two coaster tracks go at the same time. Yep. Which is a neat idea. Yeah. I love the sound of this wooden coaster oh, that they use God, 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 in this episode. Just like the music, it is yeah. such good work. It's very percussive. Very percussive. It's awesome. Uh, Joker is lobbing cupies. These are exploding baby dolls at Batman. It's really fun. Uh, and to their credit, it does feel like a video game level. Yep, I would have does. also picked this yes. for a video game stage. Um, eventually... Joker throws too many of these bombs. Batman can't handle them. It destroys Batman's car. But Batman, being Batman, has leapt up now into the car that contains Joker and Jordan. Uh, Joker attempts to use his flower while the two of them are struggling. And I'm reminded that even though Batman is the trained fighter, Joker is pretty physically intimidating in Batman the Animated Series. He's about the same size as Batman. Yeah. Uh, and even though he's not burly, like big and barrel-chested, he is long and lanky. Yeah. And he does fight physically effectively. Yeah. We never really think of Joker as a physical threat, but he does stand his own against Batman. Yeah. He is not Glassjaw McGraw like no. he is in the comics no, no, for no, the no. most part. No. Animated series Joker is pretty solid. Yeah. When he fights. Decent. Um, it seems as if Joker is thrown to his death. Yep. In this episode, we see him land in the water and side note, Joker straight up gets away with things yep. in this episode. No yep. one follows him into the water. Nope. There's no assumption that we went and got him. He just gets away. Nope. 
and the Joker got away. That's it. Um, the roller coaster car speeds out of control. Here's the important moment of the episode. Batman has to convince Jordan to trust him enough to get him to give him his hand. Yeah. And we have to believe, because this episode is really good, yeah. that this is not just, I'm reaching out my hand to you to save you from the roller coaster that's going to fly off the track. I'm reaching out my hand to pull you away from a dangerous predator yep. is really what it is. Yep. I'm getting you to see that you're in a manipulated situation. Yes. Uh, and symbolically, it works really well. Because that is exactly what that situation is. Yes. When you're involved with someone who is older and they're taking advantage of you in just that way and yep. you're a child, you need someone else's help. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is to you like a roller coaster that's yep. going to go off the track. Yep, yep, you yep. just don't know how to get out of it. Yep. So Batman helps this child. Good guy. Um, yeah. Um, the car flies off the track. Batman saves Jordan in time. And it sets off a chain reaction that basically destroys Amusement Mile of or Gotham Amusements. Yeah, of um, I mean. Jordan has the line. Can we go home now? Yeah. Um, and then our final scene of the episode, Mayor Hill is sitting with Jordan's hat and his magic wand. He's looking despondent. And then Jordan comes home. He runs up to him. The two embrace. We get a surprisingly touching moment from the usually unlikable Mayor Hill. They both apologize to each other, mm-hmm. which is nice. And we get this really beautiful instrumental music that swells as Jordan hugs his father, and he looks over his shoulder, <laughs> and then we get the iconic and very memeable Batman thumbs up. Yep. So if you gif right now on gif or whatever, Batman thumbs up, That's you will get Batman. this shot. Yep, always. And I, uh, when that happened, I did the Leo point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were watching this episode. <laughs> Leo point, right, like, oh! exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I did the Leo point and uh, I had to rewind it because Amanda missed it. She goes, what bat? What? I'm like, oh, Batman thumbs up. The Batman thumbs up. Um, so that is, that is Be a Clown, which is Great a pretty episode. damn good episode. Mike, what are your final thoughts on Be a Clown? I think this is the best Joker episode we've seen so far. Um, I think it's, it's a great episode. I think, you know, as you watch it as an adult and you've learned more of the world and you learned more of stories like, you know, John Wayne Gacy, it's a scarier episode. It's a more unnerving episode. It's a more upsetting episode. Uh, than when watching it as a kid. But at the same time, it's still incredibly put together. Uh, it's a great Joker episode. It's Joker being actually legitimately sinister and evil, right? He's doing something horrific in this episode. Where in the other, the first two episodes, he's just kind of a pain in the neck. It is. Because it's the animated series and it's for television, I think they couldn't go as dark as yes. they wanted. They probably wanted to go darker. But. but as an adult watching this now, you do get the queasy feeling yeah, watching the whole this episode, time. the whole abduction whole, whole of a child type thing. And there is mm-hmm. this kind of like, almost like a sick sexual undercurrent, yeah. the Gacy reference. Yeah, know. definitely. I think I think it's a really great episode and also just unsettling. It is unsettling. Um, a couple of little uh, things to look for that we think are cute. Um, we have from IMDb Trivia, just things I want to point out that I think are cool. Because we're doing things in production order yeah. and not in broadcast order, we actually can see that the series reuses extras yeah. appropriately. Yeah. We have two characters seen in, one is seen in Pretty Poison, yep. which is the chef from the restaurant. Yeah. And then the fat woman from the Underdwellers are both in the crowd at the birthday party because the animators have clocked them as people of wealth and influence yeah. who might have been at the mayor's birthday Featured party. Featured extras. Featured extras, exactly. Um Again, standard and practices got their hands all over this episode. Of course they did. Because they had to pull it back. They're like, a child in peril is really tough. So they took away some things from this episode, which is originally that Joker kidnaps Jordan Hill on purpose in the original version of the script, which we agree is a lot scarier. Um, We also, in this episode, they took away that Joker's flower squirts acid. They have it that it squirts knockout gas, which is, of course, less threatening. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then uh, this is just a fun include for our Batman super fans. If you look at the face of the photographer at Jordan's party, it apparently res- resembles the face of Golden Age Batman villain slash nuisance Ali Babel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I did not pick up on, but I bet that was a lot of fun for That's, some other folks. That is fun for folks. Golden Age Batman fans. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to take care of that. My closing thoughts on this episode, I am so excited because we are now hitting the stride where the next few Joker appearances are actually very good. Very good. And we've gotten the worst of the Joker appearances yep. basically out of the way. Yep. Now, every time we see the Joker, we should be excited because yes. his episodes are now some of the best. Incredible. He has more appearances than any other villain um, by far. Um, and some of them are the best episodes of the series, but this one's pretty darn good. Yeah. I think this is a ranking Joker yes, appearance episode definitely. because it has that darkness and that queasy feeling. And I'm not saying that I enjoy that feeling, but I'm saying I Just respect make, that they were yeah. so daring as to do that. And, and it, it, yeah, it makes it for a compelling episode. For sure. In terms of ranking in the series, you know, still top half. Yeah, I would say top uh, half. Not in my top 20, but for sure the best Joker episode we've yes. seen. Yes. And we're we're about to enter some really fine territory in this series because the next few are some of the best episodes. Yes, in the series, yeah. In the series. For sure. Um, and, and we're about to get to some ranking episodes. Oh, yeah. So next time you join us, we'll be actually taking on Two-Face Part 1. I'm very excited for this. And the it's going to be our first two-parter episode yeah. because we're covering a two-parter. We decided as podcast hosts that we're still going to split them. Yes, so uh, it was just easier because I think when you're looking at your podcast feed, it's nice to be able to be like, well, I want to do part one yep. and then part two yep. and, when, and not combine them. And we will, you know, we will record those essentially one right after another. So they will be in the same, we'll be in the same, the, the, mind, the mind, mind frames of record both of those at the same time, essentially. Yeah. So um, you will be getting the whole picture. Um, and but it'll be split up like the show is. Yeah, totally. Oh, can't wait to get to Big Bad Hub. Big Bad Hub. <laughs> All right, folks, that was Be a Clown. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you'd like to continue to support the show, please find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Batman Tasticast. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave a review or you can like the podcast, you can subscribe, you can leave a comment, or you can reach out to us directly on social media about things that you love about Batman and want us to talk about on the show. Or if you have any cool, fun little nuggets of information, send them our way. Jordan and I are having a great time doing this show, and we hope you're enjoying it too, so we'll see you next time.